Hello and welcome to Easy Operations episode 57. This is the podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, games, and what we've been up to. My name is Ron and as usual, I'm joined by James. What's up, Ron? What's up, man? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been about we had a little bit of a break. Uh summer break, I guess you can say, but uh yeah, just enjoying this nice lovely heat we're having here. Uh, yeah, we're we're up in the valley, so I imagine you and I are both experiencing this excessive heat we've been having. It is tough, but I usually just stay indoors and just do low key things, so it's not too bad. Yeah, um, I, I feel you. I literally went out today and just did like a very short game of ping pong, and it was only for no longer than five minutes, and I ended up having a uh, sweat storm. And I wasn't outdoors even out the, yeah i wasn't even out in the direct sun though it was like in the shade it was just oh, wow. uh it was just hot out there so for anyone that has pets or whatever just keep them hydrated yeah and uh something to point out to the listeners first off i want to apologize if you the sound quality from last episode sounded uh out of sync it's that's my cat by the way <laughs> um Adio. this is a problem that we have tried to deal with as we were using our zencaster uh podcasting software and uh, it just kind of does it i guess it's just out of sync and with the connection and I, I feel like it was particularly bad last time so i apologize for that and now we are testing a new format where we're on our phones and using this anchor software so hopefully that sounds a little bit better uh, or at least keeps it in sync. So yeah, hopefully it does. Yeah. So with that in mind, let's uh, let's get started on the show, James. Uh, we got a chance to go to the movies, I would say, and uh, saw quite a bit of things. So what do you want to start out with? Uh, let's start out with the ones that we saw together, and then the ones we uh, saw in general, uh, which is not exactly together. But uh, let's do skyscraper. Okay, Skyscraper. This is a movie starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, I kind of went in just kind of hoping, a, expecting to like make fun of this movie. And oh, I'm just going to watch it for fun and I don't have high expectations for it. And so with that bar set low, I guess, <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed it. It's not a good movie. Um, but it has a couple of good moments. And uh, one one thing that I heard uh, this podcast, the Slash Filmcast that I listened to point out, which I very much agree with, is that The Rock really committed to this character. Mm-hmm. And it seems like everyone else isn't really supporting him in terms of <laughs> the level of performance, you know? What do you yeah, think? I, I agree. I actually felt that his actual acting, uh, like he gave it his all, it felt like. And uh, it was it was you know pretty dramatic and he did the best with what he worked with. I honestly thought he was his acting was like the best thing essentially about the movie. Uh, with that said, I honestly felt that uh, the movie was a little bit overly serious than it should have been. I mean, I agree with you that it, we had a great. I felt that we had an enjoyable time, but that's because we knew that it's so over the top and it's so silly that we had a good time with it because of how how ridiculous it, it continued to get and how uh, dumb things got. But the movie wasn't intentionally trying to be that. 
it just ended up being that way because it was just too serious for its own good. Yeah, but, and so that doesn't let you have the most fun out of it because it's fun right. when a movie is sort of in on the joke with you. You know what I mean? And like really cranks it up. And, and I don't think it got to that point. Yeah, not at all, actually. There was barely any humor in there. Um, the humor is what we made out of it uh, enjoying the movie itself in terms of like the ridiculousness. Yeah, and like the just the setting, which is this massive building that's a fake building and just like the physics of it. I don't understand how it works. And there's this giant fire that is occurring in the center of it. And I don't understand why that building like didn't topple over onto itself. And, <laughs> and it's just like, it, there's so many like ridiculous uh, just pieces of uh, architecture that I don't know if it could even exist in the real world that are just made for an interesting moment in the movie, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, but with that, you know, I still had a good time, though. Uh, it's very cliche, a lot of the things that happen. What you expect ended up, you know, happening, uh, as you can say. The only real gimmick of it is it's essentially Die Hard with a one-legged guy and a really tall building, like a super building, Um and I guess it's kind of a combined uh, disaster movie with the whole it being on fire thing. So it was like a blend of genres, uh, but not taking the best parts of each one. But what it's missing from the Die Hard comparison is the sense that The Rock was in a sense of danger. And he's just like yeah. a regular guy trying to survive this crazy scenario. <laughs> you right. know, you take one look at him and even though he is uh, disabled, <laughs> you know he can kick butt. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's true. They did. Uh, they didn't make him as overpowered as I initially thought he would be, like compared to his characters in other movies. Yeah. Um, which is a credit to the movie, but it's still he's not as believable because he's just too big of a guy, uh, to be a regular man, or average Joe type character, which made uh, all these diehard style movies uh excel. You know, uh, you know, like Under Siege or. Uh, Speed, which are all just die hard in a boat or die hard in a, on a bus. Um, this one doesn't like fall even into those levels, in my opinion. Yeah, so I would say, you know, if you just are really up for an action movie, go see this. But there's probably better stuff out there, especially that Mission Impossible is coming out this weekend. I mean, hands down, without even having seen it, I'm going to say that's going to be better. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a rental uh, and at best a matinee. But yeah. Uh, to segue that, I did find this movie more enjoyable than the next movie that we saw, which is uh, Jurassic World. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. Um, this is a movie that uh, I wasn't expecting. I, I, I felt like I had a low bar from it. I had seen the, the trailers weren't that interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I didn't have fun with this movie. Um and let's see, I, there's something that I want to point out about the setting of the movie, James, that I have issue with that kind of spoils something. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it's a, a, a decent amount of time since it came out. Okay. I, it's okay to say. So my, mild spoilers for Jurassic World, which is, you know, part of the thing that I like about a Jurassic Park movie is that having to survive in this theme park of sorts, Mm -hmm. but they escape pretty quickly and go into another setting, which is Mm -hmm. not the park. 
And to yeah. me, that takes a lot out of it. Definitely. I agree with you. Actually, I honestly, when I came into this, I actually did like that first part, that short part that was um, at the theme park on the island, that stuff. But the moment they left there, it went into a whole different plot, overall plot. And it was like straight to the gutter in terms of <laughs> how stupid it was, uh, the overall, um, uh, you know, what the real plan was. Uh, it just knows that to the extreme, uh, <laughs> to the to the maximum extreme, because uh, like everything on the island stuff, it, you know, it's basically just going based on the trailers. Uh, so there shouldn't be two spoilers. It's basically it's a mission to save the dinosaurs because there's a volcano that's gonna erupt that's gonna wipe them out again. So there's a kind of a a moral dilemma: should we save them or should we let them die? Type of thing. And uh, our heroes get sent over there to uh, primarily get a specific one, which is from the first movie. And but, uh, I should point out, and this is going to be a theme here that I'm going to point out, which is most. No, no, no. Actually, all of the major exciting moments in the park were given away in the trailer. Yes, definitely yeah. given away in the trailer. <laughs> and in fact, actually, the, the you know, more recent trailer even spoiled a lot of the movie, even to the, what uh, Ron insinuated earlier, where it takes place in a different setting. If they the, should have just looked really? at that first teaser where it was just that island and the whole at set piece, you would never think otherwise, uh, but the, they, tend to, they tend to spoil even further than that. So this is one of the times when the marketing has definitely failed uh, in terms of trying to make an intriguing uh, uh, trailer without spoiling. So definitely, uh, if for anyone that hasn't seen the trailer um, or have seen the trailer, they pretty much seen majority of the major plot points. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this. They... So if you do want to watch this movie, stick around. This is a post-credit scene, which I had no idea I was mm-hmm. I there was going to be one because why would I expect one from our Jurassic Park movie? <laughs> I know, so I right? missed it's it. It's not a Marvel movie. Or... Yeah, it's not a Marvel movie. I missed. They should give you some type of a heads up or put it up really soon into yeah, the credits. That's true. Um, but would you be interested for another one of these movies? Given yes. the little so twist, that part was actually pretty good. Cool. The idea of the ending of the movie mm-hmm. is more intriguing the ex- than the execution of how it got there uh, <laughs> based on the ending. Because once they leave the island to a different setting, it becomes a generic B-movie, sci-fi movie. And they push sci-fi really strong in, compared to like all the other Jurassic Park uh, movies. I feel like it's almost like close to Resident Evil of B-movie plot uh, uh, in, in that kind of style. Uh, I would say even to the point where a raccoon city mansion uh, and I mean they did with the concepts but I don't know that the movie earns it oh no of course not definitely not (laughs) but that's why that's why I mean in terms of it like totally went a weird direction to to the wackiness uh, to the max and then it just nosedived and then uh, how it ended the the idea of the next movie sounds better it was better than how they got there um, but did you read up or see what happened at the end? Or looked um, I read up on it. I don't know that I okay. was able to see a clip, but I know what okay. happens. And it's, it's interesting. Um, it, it, hopefully they can turn the series around with a better director or something or yeah. a better script. Um, 
Uh, yeah, but uh, I would probably watch it just to see where it goes. Another one of those where I would set the bar low, but yeah. I'm kind of losing my patience with this particular kind of iteration of Jurassic Park. And I don't know that you can ever go back to recapture that magic. And yeah, uh, sure. I felt like the first Jurassic World came close because you were in a functioning park, which was to me the coolest part. Things were actually working. There were a lot of people there. Um, <laughs> right. But how do you then walk that back? How do you get another yeah. Jurassic Park without straight up making a new one? So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. And uh, anyone that is really excited for Jeff Goldblum will be supremely disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I would say he's less than a minute in the movie. What a waste of a, a great actor. Yep. And, uh, uh, you know yeah just by the way and the lines they give them at the end is just like so cringeworthy so <laughs> uh, take that for you will definitely more of a home rental that i wouldn't pay more money to go out to see in theater okay and that was jurassic world mm-hmm. fallen kingdom i believe is the subtitle that is correct and uh <clears throat> next by the way that is... makes no sense either that that subtitle had nothing to do with the movie well i guess the kingdom of the theme park was falling <laughs> but that was the first movie i guess so <laughs> <laughs> now on to better movies now on to better movies okay ant-man and the wasp james i feel like i wasn't in the right mindset because i feel like i was in theory on paper i should love this movie and I just thought it was okay. And I didn't, I felt like I didn't have as many laugh out loud moments as I did in the first one. Mm-hmm. And I found a lot of the explanations of this quantum verse, a lot of BS and just made up stuff. <laughs> and I, I like, I didn't get the logic behind it. It wasn't something you can wrap your head around. And it just, it was a solid Marvel movie but not top tier whatsoever. Not even close. I agree. It's kind of like on par for course from the original movie, but I wouldn't say it's as good as the first movie. It has elements that are better, but as an overall film, uh, it was such already a monumental task to follow up from Avengers. Uh, for anyone that's not aware, this does not take place after Avengers. So you at least will get an idea of why this specific character um where this person was during that time frame. So uh, with that said, the villain probably wasn't too bad as I thought it would. She's it's a, uh, it's a character that is, has a kind of a tragic backstory, which you kind of sympathize for, but how they executed her character wasn't so great. I thought, and her powers were a little kind of like you mentioned with the the quantum realm stuff, a little wishy-washy and it seemed made up on the spot kind of thing. Um, And this includes another character uh, that I don't want to spoil, but the overall plot of it is, is not as good as the first one. The first one was more of like a fun heist movie. This one was more of, I guess, a rescue mission. Yeah. I guess you could say, but what I do want to give this movie credit for is that um, Marvel knows how to do inventive action scenes, especially with their character's powers. Uh, I really dug Wasp uh, as being a main part of the hero crew. Uh, 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 she has more to do compared to the first movie. I liked uh, generally the villain more, but the humor wasn't as good or struck well as the first movie, I thought. And uh, the overall absurdness with its 
in a quote-unquote science yeah. is a little, you need to be, have a lot of suspension of disbelief with the things they explain. Uh, with that said, I still had a good time. I would definitely say it's not near the, in the top uh, tier of Marvel movies. It's under the first movie in terms of uh, quality. And uh, I this does um, this movie does have the best uh, post credit scene though, so I give that another nod for the movie. Um, this is another movie example in which trailer revealed all the major action sequences. <laughs> for sure, for right? sure, I agree. Uh, like like the Hello Kitty uh, Pez dispenser. How funny mm-hmm. would that have been if it wasn't in the trailer? <laughs> right. That's true. Oh, cool. You know, or when he gets really big. Yeah, giant man. These are all things in the first the first trailer. I'm pretty sure it's the first trailer. Yeah. And because I had seen them all, I was like, what haven't I seen yet? Yeah. (laughs) And and it didn't have the same impact on me. I agree. So man, I'm gonna start to take a hard line on trailers. You know, I used to have this rule for uh, Star Wars. But I might have to extend this for Marvel movies <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, or, or, or just stuff that I'm highly anticipating. And I'm a little worried because I've been going to the movies a lot recently. And I've seen a ton of the uh, Mission Impossible. Yeah. They've been showing too much of that. Like, not necessarily, not necessarily showing much content in the trailer, but showing it too much. Like in yes. every preview. Uh, I agree with you. They seem to show it everywhere. I'm, like, I'm already in. I don't even see this in every. I, I understand if it's like premiering in front of another movie from the same company like paramount or wherever uh that's producing these but like i feel like it's literally every theater movie that i've been seeing yes i don't know who makes those decisions on what trailers to attach but Mm. it seems like they threw it on everything man (laughs) there's a big marketing budget on this movie um so my concern is that it's going to spoil that but we'll see what happens Mm. but just to wrap up uh, ant-man and the wasp um solid movie you know like even a even a bad marvel movie is not anywhere close to it's like not, terrible yeah, you know what not, i mean it's not it's not even you know i think that's a poor choice of war two it's not even a bad marvel movie i just think it's a the worst like the 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 lowest of marvel movies is still a good movie yeah just not like it's, it's solid it's just yeah, it's solid so, yeah, yeah. It's it doesn't do anything extraordinary i would say True yeah that. Um, so I still, I would recommend it. And obviously I feel like if you're into the Marvel movies, you almost got to watch them all at this yeah. point, right? <laughs> to kind yeah. of, kind of, uh, goes inside, uh, alongside with Avengers Infinity War. It's definitely worth, uh, uh, checking out. Yeah. Okay. So that was, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And, uh, here's one, James, that tell me if you've seen this one. This is, uh, a documentary called Won't You Be My Neighbor. Have you gotten a chance to see this movie? I haven't seen that yet, but I do I do I uh, want to see it. Um, I don't know if I'm going to watch it in theater, though. I can wait for these yeah. type of documentaries uh, for home, but I am intrigued a lot by this, and uh, I do want to see it. So this, this happened to be something where I was having breakfast, and the theater was literally next door to the restaurant, and mm. it was playing soon, and, and I, had, I was like, let's go check this out. And uh, so it's a documentary on Mr. Rogers. If you grew up in the uh, 70s, 80s, this was a character who was on public uh, broadcasting. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're friends or not, but I grew up uh, watching that too. Apparently, Uh, the last show was like 
in 2001. That's crazy to think. Yeah. And when I was more older, but damn. Yeah. So this is a really heartwarming documentary. And I feel like we could use stuff like that in these times when we hear so much bad news about the world or people that we looked up to in the past that are no longer good people when stuff has been revealed about them. And this is a guy, James, that like he was the character that he portrayed. That's who he was uh-huh. in real life. And he was a nice guy and everyone liked him. And he genuinely liked kids and, and found a way to identify with kids and talk to kids in a way that could kind of get their attention. And he, I didn't realize this when I was watching the show growing up, but like he would talk to him about stuff that happens in real life. Like when Robert Kennedy was assassinated, he would talk about what's assassination. Like you hear people wow. talking about this. What is that? Um, and, and he would touch upon like war and, and different things. And I didn't know all that stuff. And it was just so amazing to see him talk about that and just to see the level of commitment he had to doing the show and, and how he looked his philosophy on life. And it is really a heartwarming movie. And like, you know, like you said, you could probably wait till video on this. Um, mm-hmm. But if you want to find, if you want to kind of get a little bit of history on this character, if you saw this character growing up, um, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah. And uh, I think that's about it for TV. Sh- I'm sorry, for movies. Uh, let's get into TV shows. Yeah, um, there was quite a lot of uh, time in our little summer break here, so I got to catch uh, a lot of them here. I know that you watched uh, one of them as well. Let's start with that. It's going to be Netflix's Glow. Uh, it's season two uh, recently came out and uh, I highly enjoyed the first one. Uh, but what did you think of uh, season two? I feel like the second season is better for me. And I just want to point I out agree. something that I am probably like eight minutes away from completing the final episode. <laughs> so like, don't talk about anything sort okay. of in the finale, but uh, like sure. I made it to 90% of the 95% of like the season. Um, but basically I feel like the show has a little more confidence in what it is now yes. you now know who the characters are um whereas i this is my own sort of uh stuff that i brought to it which was i was really thinking it was going to be like a real factual uh imitation not imitation but like based on a lot of the reality of what glow was and it's not mm-hmm. it's inspired by glow and yes. you know if you don't know anything about glow it's fine you don't have yeah. to because it's, it's, it's so just in the spirit of it yeah and uh, so I, I like where it goes this season. I feel like it gets more depth into the characters. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a fun show. And I want to continue to watch it. Like, uh, I'm in on this show. Yeah, me too. Like, I honestly think this is one of the best of the newer shows uh, this year. Um, or at least the returning shows, anyways. And I d- agree with you where it's definitely better than the first one just in terms of its overall pacing how they handle each characters where they grow and their arcs i enjoyed every single aspect of it i like that they gave a lot of the other characters the side characters in the first movies uh their own time to shine as well and uh it's these characters are just fun to go alongside with and i i felt like we uh me and my wife binged this so fast because we just wanted to see what happened in the next you know in the next episodes uh, it goes into some dark places with certain characters but even though it does that, it still maintains its like light and entertainment 
um, uh, tone uh, throughout. But I uh, highly enjoyed this show, and I can't wait for the next season. Yep, and that's uh, Glow Season 2, available on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that we saw, uh, or I'm not sure we spoke about, but it might have been outside of our podcast, but Westworld uh, Season Finale. Um, let me start with this one. Uh, I'm just pretty much going to repeat what we you know, generally talked about afterward. This particular season was a major disappointment to me. Um, in my opinion, I found that this particular season was confusing just to be confusing. Yes. And uh, the finale itself uh, did not help the cause of resolving anything and just throwing more questions than it ever answered. And I felt, you know, some shows are generally like that by like season season's end. But um, this one, I felt throughout the whole season, they were just throwing random things just to make you question things that generally don't have a payoff. And then the, uh, they'll throw in uh, other things left. Ball. And a lot of the plots weren't that interesting this season as well. I only found one plot uh, with the character of Maeve was uh, the most interesting and the best part of the show. Everything with Maeve um, was my favorite. But everyone else uh, that I generally liked in the first season um, – like Dolores, uh, 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 Man in Black, all that stuff. I felt they took a huge dive in uh, terms of their individual storylines. Yeah, that's a good point. They're they're better individual episodes here mm-hmm. that you're gonna definitely be like, yeah, that was a great episode. But overall, the the journey the characters go through from the beginning of the season to the end is not as compelling. And um, it just seems like they got too caught up in like, oh, we love it how the internet is talking about our show. And last time, maybe they figured things out too quickly. And so we're really going to throw them for a loop on this one. And it's just done. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the logic was that there's this character that is not perceiving the world Mm -hmm. in in order in a chronological time frame. He's going through different time frames. And they wanted to have the season be that way. But that's not the way we think. That's not the way we perceive time. And, and it's very confusing. It's too confusing. And compared to the first uh, season, which is more in essentially two timelines that they go through, in this particular season, they have so many. And it's like impossible to decide. It's like four. <laughs> yeah, there's like so many. It's like, it, and it's, it's hard to piece out together. Maybe if it was in a format where it was like a bingeable, not bingeable, or it's like released all at once, and you know you watch watching back to back to back. But as a weekly series uh, that has gaps in between where you can easily forget things, uh, it it didn't work out very well in my opinion. Yeah, yeah and but, so uh, we'll see what. It's so weird because the way it ended too was so vague and uh, like what, like more like a head scratcher than it, anticipation. Um, I really hope they get their stuff straight with the third season because I honestly loved the first season so much and had high potential and it was just kind of sad to see the way it, this one panned out. Yeah, um, I don't think that the show, I still think there's a lot of things that are redeeming about it, even right. though it didn't make sense. It was a high level of quality. The performances are there. The concepts are there. I like the setting. So. Oh. I think it can be uh, redeemed, right? If you think about like shows like The Wire, which had a weak season two, they were able to pick it up in season three. So 
I'm good and I'm going to continue to do it, but it's going to be a while. I don't think this is coming out till 2020, maybe 2019. Probably, I would say probably 2020. Yeah. Wow. Seems like forever from now. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I kind of equated to? I equated to True Detective season one to True Detective season two. Season two had great ideas, but something about it was not nearly as good as the first season. And then I'm sad they never made a third season for True yeah, Detective. That- that was a show that I had heard such negative feedback about the second season, even though I enjoyed uh, part one, I didn't even start it. I was like, uh, why would I commit to this if I can't find one person to tell me, oh, yeah, you should do it. It's worth it. Yeah, why am I going to waste my time? But that show does, in my opinion, ends better than it, than it starts. So, <laughs> I mean, it's not as nearly as good as the first one, but it's okay. But it's not nearly as bad as everyone makes it out to be, too. Yeah. Um, well, what else have you been watching? Uh, uh, one, uh, I'm not sure if you started it yet, but uh, Luke Cage season two. No, I have I, not. I actually quite enjoy this season. It's interesting. I find that this season's paced a lot better in, in that um, they have multiple arcs within the same season compared to having one major arc and then like one that just ends the show, which they seem to rush uh, through, or well, I'm sorry, one arc that's kind of overly long and then a second arc that just goes by really quickly. Uh, this one, they introduce um, multiple things and because they have more characters to work with now, they can focus in a specific arc with another character outside of Luke Cage, which I thought paced the show a lot better. Um, I wouldn't say the villain is as good as the first season, although this villain in this season has been... Um, pretty good on his own. It's definitely better than the second half villain from the first season. Uh, not Cottonmouth, uh, Copperhead. That yeah. guy that was like pretty over the top and kind of dumb. But yeah. the one they had for this one was excellent. I like the way this season ended as well and how it, uh, how it kind of gives you an idea of what's to come for uh, this universe with Luke Cage. And I like that um, characters from the other shows up here too. So it's continuous uh from you know defenders and the other marvel netflix uh, series out there so this one is a very solid uh season i actually liked it overall better than the first season although the first season has um a a much better villain and first arc it's funny that you mentioned defenders because i feel like that's what kind of burned me out of the netflix marvel characters (laughs) and i really had to force myself to finish that season and, you know, I just, by the time Punisher came out, I, w- I wasn't interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, I missed out on Jessica Jones season two because, again, people weren't saying very many positive things about that as well. And so I didn't even, this wasn't even on my radar, but uh, if you're suggesting it, I, I might check it out. I, I don't know. I like this season uh, a lot. This is probably, although Punisher was good too, um, uh, Luke Cage is the better of the sequel uh, I, well, I mean, I like Daredevil season two as well, but uh, it's the better, it's one of the better sequel series. Jessica Jones season two wasn't was okay. Uh, Luke Cage is definitely better than that, and Punisher it's better it's better than Punisher as well. Although I, I think Punisher starts and ends great, like great, great in my opinion. Just the really? middle where it drags. Uh, yeah, um, to me, anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely give it a shot if you're willing to come back to any series uh, in terms of the Marvel ones. I would start with Luke Cage. It's more accessible compared to Punisher, which is a little bit more serious throughout the whole 
uh, they're also a little bit more darker. Yeah. And the soundtrack for this season is great. I'll say that. I love the soundtrack of Luke Cage. Oh, nice. I like the soundtrack on the first season as well. Oh, yeah, I think I think they even had artists come do original songs for the season. I, 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 was that I, one I, of the Wu-Tang guys producing it? Yes, yes. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, that's why, um, I don't know, maybe I enjoyed it. I like Wu-Tang a lot. By the way, it's the 30th anniversary. They're having a concert this weekend. It's crazy. Of uh, Enter the 36, 36 Chambers? Yeah. Oh, boy. I feel old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, one new show, uh, it's called Pose. This is an FX show. Um, it's basically a um, uh, show that takes place in the 90s about what they call, quote-unquote, ball culture, um, in which is where the LGBT community um, has these little underground events where they make themselves feel like they're higher class with the outside world because they're not very accepting during the time and they have little competitions um, but that's really the main backdrop of it uh, the overall arching story is like them dealing with the AIDS epidemic and uh, you know just that time period in the 90s of how uh, acceptance was during that time and I actually really like the show uh, quite a lot this is one of the more um, I would say energetic and very kind of positive uh even through all this tragic things that they had to kind of uh deal with in that time period uh and tolerance and things like that nature it still has a um positive outlook of 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 things you know this type of show can easily go really dark which it does at times uh and cynical tones it, it ended up being uh different than i expect and i quite highly enjoyed the show and what kind of interesting about the show is that this is um the first show that is employed stars and is directed by uh a majority lbgt uh, lgbt um uh cast members and crew so, so is it a drama it's a drama for sure uh mm-hmm. but it's a well a very well done it has a lot of comedy in it as well but i would say it classifies as a drama and they're hour-long episodes uh yeah like 40 minutes or so okay, okay. yeah Highly uh, enjoyed this one. This was actually a pleasant surprise. I kind of came out of nowhere. Okay, I have not heard of this. That's uh, Pose. You said it's on Netflix. Uh, it's not on Netflix. It was on FX. FX. Okay, got it. It might be on Netflix shortly or on Hulu because they tend to, uh, Hulu tends to get the FX shows. All right, and uh, I think that's about it for our TV shows. And mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about some video games. Uh, James, yeah. what have you been playing? Um, uh, one, I know I mentioned prior, previously, but I've gone back into Division. Uh, I know that I dragged you along with it, so we'll occasionally play that uh, for all. But, uh, you know, everybody already knows what my thoughts on it. Uh, you tell me yours. Yeah, by the way, I just saw the news that they are giving away a free uh, DLC. I don't know if it's an expansion or some missions this week. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get those? Uh, actually, I haven't heard it. I haven't... Uh read anything on that yeah check that out it's only for a couple more days as of our recording so uh i'll look it up pick that up it's like the dark something i don't know but okay so here's my thoughts on this game uh you know i there have been a lot of comparisons to destiny uh with it and so i'm looking at it through that lens and so number one i could care less about the story it just it's taking itself too serious and it almost to me like it's laughable. Like the characters are just, they don't have any, there's no fun moments there. It's so mm-hmm. serious. 
and it's like the whole U.S. is messed up and everything is going crazy and, and you're just killing people. And like, I don't know that that's, I don't get that sense of escapism from the world when I play this game mm. that I do in Destiny. You know, okay. uh, like killing aliens is a lot more <laughs> relaxing than killing simulated people, <laughs> you know. And uh, so I, I, on that sort of conceptual level, I, I don't enjoy it as much. Also, the loot, you, you just get different versions of real guns. And what I like about Destiny is there's guns that do different explosions that make different sound effects. And there's that variety there that mm-hmm. you're not going to get on a reality-based game. Right. Um, so, personality. Yeah. Like so from it, Battlegrounds uh, to Fortnite. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's a good comparison there. Um, but what's funny is that I actually prefer Battlegrounds uh, or PUBG. Um, but that's the gameplay-wise. You're right. Um, that's how I but, feel the same way with Destiny and Division. I prefer the gameplay of Division. Not because of the story, but just the overall mechanics and gameplay. Yeah, and I'm just, you know, I like doing supers and, and, and things like that. And mm-hmm. So, you know, um, it's I could see why people like it. I'm not saying it is a bad game. I'm just saying that it's not to my preference. And I don't know necessarily that I'm going to be day one on when uh, the new one comes out. Um, because I don't know what... M- much has changed other than the setting. I, I do feel like uh, Washington is g- going to be a little more interesting because you will have a little bit of the wildlife there. Yeah, for sure. But then again, the I setting, bet. Um, supposedly, uh, it's class-based now. It's no longer you build your own character. Uh, and that I, could be you know, interesting. Course, that could be interesting. Yeah. yeah. So it's less, it's more, I guess, yeah, it's more class-based RPG rather than Brendan, like create a character Skyrim style, or you know, create you know RPG uh, mechanics. It seems like now you're structured of what you can, you cannot do compared to where you build out your character how you want it to be. So that's that's kind of a weird change. Uh, I'm still curious to see how that goes. Yeah, but in terms of like I don't know, the overall game for being a their first game in this style, I think it's a was really well done and the quality of life things that these type of games um you know how, how kind of like you compare that you don't just because of the, the design of it of the the visuals and story it may not be to your liking but uh in terms of just like the gameplay mechanics i think it has a lot better i think than some aspects of destiny like destiny definitely still has the personality a lot better uh and the setting and, and whatnot but uh, I like the fact that it doesn't, uh, once it does the initial load, there's really no loading ever again uh, outside of fast travel, of course, if you want to fast travel. Like you can go to any mission uh, uh, basically and uh, and just go into the mission and let it, it does its thing. Same thing yeah. with going to the hub world and all that stuff. Uh, I like that it's more traditional RPG than um, RPG light, essentially. So you can min max your your characters and you can share loot uh, like i can drop things it feels more borderlands and diablo than it does uh mmo light i guess you can say um which is cool uh aspect of it i like that you can match make every every mission um you could do everything solo or uh you can pretty much co-op after that initial uh, tutorial throughout the whole game 
which is pretty pretty nice like the drop in drop out factor which is kind of cool it's not limited outside of the player count um i know you haven't gotten there yet but uh you you're not you don't have to do the external stuff to get good loot which is thankful uh, for which is kind of nice because uh, there is a dark zone you don't ever have to ever go to the dark zone if you don't want to which is kind of nice um same thing with the pvp but uh, it didn't used to be that way right you had to go there initially to get the best stuff not necessarily you have to do the the raid that well their version of like a short raid they call them the encouragement but the thing is it's really hard uh the dark zone was just an easier way to get uh loot without actually having to grind because all you do is just you you have to just um fight for the loot which is kind of like the pvp essentially but you don't have to like do this hard level up your character to get to this hard ass mission that takes a long time to do which is kind of nice but they ease that up where it's available uh everywhere now so you could just play the game and then um set your world tier to whatever your level is which is kind of cool uh you you basically change the world level to where you want it to be if you want it to make it all easy for whatever reason this only applies to end game i don't know why they don't put it in the campaign portion of it but you can set the the level of of uh of the enemies you fight so you can even make the and the random people you meet up with to a higher level than you uh so that when you kill them or when you take them down they give out good loot so pretty it's pretty cool on that aspect yeah uh uh the, yeah the definitely the customization is not as good as, in terms of the look of things you just get different types of uh beanies or sweaters well, it's kind of nice. They're not tied to items. So basically, if you like the way uh, your your character look, you don't you're not worried about having to lose it because you changed your gear. So it's a double edged sword. It sucks that it's it doesn't look very pretty. But if you find something that you like, it's never changing unless you uh, unless you manually change the look of your character. Yeah, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, that's a problem with Diablo. You have to pay to change the look of your things uh, if you want if you like that particular stats. Um, but yeah, overall, I, it was, I think it's a great first attempt of the game. I, I, I don't find anything wrong with the missions. Uh, uh, it's pretty campaign style. I actually even like it better than Ghost Recon Wildlands, which I find more frustrating than the Division ever was. It's, uh, I, and I'm, in theory, that's supposed to be the more um, quote-unquote fun game. But uh, Yeah, I, I feel know, like the AI is better on, in the Division. Yeah, and I think just the co-op aspect of it, um, because I feel like in Ghost Recon Wildlands, like being together and doing stuff, it's not very, like because I guess the RPG nature of it, like it's better if we focus fire on a character or whatever, compared to the other ones we just doing our own thing. But it feels kind of uh, disconnected, yeah. even though yeah. we're on the same. But I do want to, you know, hope one day we I, we get I, we can play and get each other up to the end game of Division. Uh, just so we can try, uh, uh, so I can at least you can see the higher level stuff uh, if we get there, or at least be the campaign. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is pretty long though, which is uh, kind of cool. So, but um, for this type of game, there's a lot of content with it, which uh, on launch. Um, but there's a lot of cool other modes, but it only pops up at the end game that you may or may not like. So, yeah. worth a shot if we get there. All right, and uh, what else have you been playing? Uh, this other game that I think I mentioned before that I was thinking about getting, but um, it's one of those games where, like, why didn't you want to give it before? And I hope to, for you to try it out one day, too. Um, 
as you, you'll have it in your library, is this game called Yoku's Island Express. It's this indie game that is half Metroidvania and half pinball game. And um, the art style is a little cutesy. It's more like, I guess you could say Rayman, the more recent Raymans, uh, in terms of its 2D art style. But uh, in the story, I don't even know what's going on in the story. I don't really care. But the <laughs> gameplay is um, really well designed. So basically, you're like, I don't know what you're like, a little beetle or something. That's, that's like moving around this rock or maybe it's a turd. I don't know what it is. Um, throughout the levels. And then like, you know, you come upon creatures that ask you to do things. But the way the level design is that there'll be like, uh, I, I guess you could say quote unquote paddles, like these these colored ones. So like one is uh, these paddles that would be one color will always be your L trigger or these red ones will always be your right trigger. So you, you are pretty much playing pinball like moving the way you move your you can still move your characters with analog but to move the rock up and down to launch them you gotta use the paddles and they'll get to these sections where you get into a pinball-esque area kind of like a traditional one with uh, the ones on the bottom but it's also like skill based as if it was a puzzle game where to get through it you gotta hit this little thing to break the wall so you can progress but you gotta get you know the ball to even get there uh, kind of like in pinball but uh uh, what a great game and concept, and I hope they make more of these style games uh, in the future. I, and I also encourage you to um, give it a shot, especially since you like pinball quite a lot. Um, yeah, I, I saw a video of this, and uh, it seems cool. I don't know if it would get frustrating because when you talk about these Metroidvania-type games, you have to have a precise level of jumping to get no, onto not, certain platforms. But that's the thing. There's no jumping at all. The You literally just move your character left and right uh, to to move down the level, but you you pretty much get around the levels with the, with the paddles. The so that's what I mean. Paddles. Like it, the, it's, it's hard to be precise in pinball. You can have a general idea, but it's still random. And I think... It is, but I don't do think it's... How do you get to the as, platforms? I, it's, I, it is, but I don't think it's... I, don't, I think you're thinking like a platformer where you get to go on you need pinpoint position to jump from like a little platform to another little platform. That's not how it is at all. It's, okay. it's just getting through a getting through an area by playing a traditional, I don't know how to explain it. Like for example, you, you know how you got the recent Fallout uh, uh, DLC for pinball effects, right? Yes. Uh, and you know how there's that that one super mutant that's up there, yeah, that, like stomps occasionally or whatever. Uh-huh. But uh, let's, you know how he has a little rail that you can shoot into that's under yes. him, right? Yeah. Think about like this, like think of it like as if that super mutant was in the way of that rail, and to get rid of him, you just need to hit the pinball into that rail three times. Okay. To the next part. Yeah, that's not that's bad. Not, that's what I mean. It's not like you need to tap the ball so it lightly jumps into another platform thing like that. It's not like that whatsoever. So that's why I recommend just giving it a shot uh, and seeing how you like it. Because I don't think it's what you think it is in terms of the plat- There's, It's not a platform at all, I would say. Okay. Would say it's more pinball. Uh, and the only aspect that makes it a Metroidvania is that it's kind of like a one big world um, that you need to like to get to one spot, you need to collect a certain amount of things from another area or another, um, uh, 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 by clearing this area, you're able to open up another one. 
it's all one giant world compared to, um, I guess, Sonic Pinball or something where it's stages or anything like that. But I yeah. think you would enjoy it, especially since you like the pinball uh, gameplay. Okay, well, I'm very much intrigued by that. Yeah, just give it a shot. Maybe just play an hour of it and see if you like it. Yeah. And as for me, I finished last night, actually, uh, God of War. This is something that, man, I think this, I started this game in April. <laughs> now, it's not, it's not that it took me that long to do. I did put it down for when one of the Destiny expansions came out. But um, I was really taking my time with it. I wanted to do all the side quests. I wanted to see everything that this game had to offer. And I did. I did um, the vast majority of things that you could do. I think the only things I didn't do are like these like there's this dungeon that like it has a timer and you're constantly losing health and if you die you lose your progress it's like what do they call those roguelike roguelikes yeah yeah it has that aspect of it and i didn't want to do that repetition mm. and then, then there's like a battle dungeon where you kind of go into like survival mode and stuff like that Waves, like yeah and so like i didn't do those is that the only way to platinum it platinum it though um no, it's not. It's you have to find all the little items and little uh, birds that you have to identify there, mm. and all the little pieces of like collectible items. That's how you get the platinum. And um, I do think you do have to beat the the challenge mode for to get one of those trophies. So you might have to on that one. But the roguelike, it's oh yeah yeah. Well, you kind of do. I take that back you have to get enough so that you can open the chests there. You got to open up all the chests in that section and you get them through and get enough of the coins that you get there. But and you're, uh, you're referring to plan them, though, right? Like yeah, just to get plan them, not to, fa- not to finish the game. You don't have to uh, do any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, that whole, both of those zones are entirely optional. Okay. Makes uh, sense. I, just, I just wanted to see what they look like. But um, I love the story of this game. I love the setting I love the way they explain lore in the game and the kids narrating too. He never became annoying. Um, I even did the optional Valkyrie side bosses where there's seven of them. Oh, seven. There's seven plus then you got to fight the queen. And even on easy mode, it was extremely difficult. So I can only imagine what it must be on the higher difficulties. Mm. Um, And uh, what's that? There's that demigod of war mode. Oh, forget it. Like, I'm sure someone has done it already on YouTube or something, but uh, it will be super hard. Um, But, uh, you know, I I think one thing I didn't like is that there was almost too many of the optional movesets that you can use. Mm. And I only kind of gravitated to maybe like a couple of them that I liked. So basically what you're saying is like they didn't pace out their movesets evenly? They did. Oh, they did. Um, but I didn't end up using um, now. You could make the argument that because I was on easy, I didn't have to use a lot of the in-depth strategy. That, uh, that's fair. But I just I didn't feel like they were as effective, you know, I and um, I just I loved the ending of the game. Isn't that hard? Like the final boss isn't hard. Mm-hmm. and there's something interesting and i'll give everyone this recommendation that i had gotten from listening to another podcast rebel fm which was you want to see like the true like ending there's like the equivalent of a post-credit scene mm-hmm. so you do what you need to do to pass this game and then you have to go back home mm. and then you're going to get an, a little extra cut scene 
I see. That is uh, pretty cool. Okay. Um, so if you ever get there, man, uh, do that. Don't just like put the game down. Kind of um, like Red Dead in that aspect. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but the Red Dead was longer though, because there was a lot more missions to Red Dead. But this one is is just um, you go back home, you see this little extra scene. In terms of like, once you beat the game, that's not really the ending. And then you know how like in that one you can finish John Marston, but you respawn the world as the sun. Yeah, it's not like that. It's not you like go, that. and then you gotta like finish the. Uh, you you have to kill that guy that killed him no right that's awesome and i don't think that has yet to be duplicated um but like that one another mission no um it does put you back into the world to continue to uh finish up your side quests or things Mm. that you didn't get a chance to do so don't feel like if you just want to see the ending you can go to it and there's still i don't think you're locked out of any content nice Uh, so that's cool um but this is to me. It's gonna be one of my games of the year, hundred percent. Nice. And I just enjoyed it so much. And um, I don't know that I'm gonna go back in to get the platinum. I did that for um, Horizon Zero Dawn, mm-hmm. but that was because it was like doing missions and doing challenges. Whereas this, it's like I don't know if I want to go back and find all the collectibles. I don't typically do that for video games because they're hard to yeah, find. It's, it's worse when it's like the collectibles. That's like the most yeah, annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Like getting all the feathers in Assassin's Creed or whatever that was, the old one. Man, on on Assassin's Creed Two, I was like two feathers <laughs> away from getting my perfect. I couldn't find them. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's frustrating. So yeah, I can only imagine. But yeah, glad to hear uh, you enjoyed it. I hope to uh, pick it up again one day. I just don't know whenever I'm in the mood for it yet. So. You should, man. Throw it on easy and just get through the story, man. That's what I was thinking of, but uh, I don't know. I like. Um, I just like multiplayer. I don't know. This is me like playing <laughs> online, playing yeah. things that bring up a lot of random or playing with friends. I don't know. That's just my my you. jam. Um, but yeah, I'll get back to it one day. I don't know. I, I it just I need so, it. It needs. I haven't got to a point yet where like it it has me to the, like the mindset where like damn, I really want to play more of it. Like I when I play it, I do enjoy it. It's just that I don't know. Whenever I stop playing it, I don't have the urge to continue it. I I know I, know I mentioned it before. Like. Even Assassin's Creed got me to that point, and I don't like Assassin's Creed normally, <laughs> and, um, but I like the way that game was. Or like, damn, I want to do another mission. I want to get through this. Uh, uh, I don't mind like traveling the world. I guess because it's open world, and I guess lots to do. Yeah, um, um, which is yeah. the thing. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll probably mainline the game one day, and then if can you mainline it without having to do the side missions? I think given the fact that you, if you do put it on easy and you don't need to level up, mm-hmm. I think, and, and you don't plan on doing side quests, mm-hmm. I think uh, you should be fine with mainlining. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll do that probably uh, whenever I have time for that one. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I juggle so much. But yeah, glad you enjoyed it. Potential game of the year, folks. Yes, indeed. Um, all right. Well, let's get into some uh, news of the week. James, what's your news of the week? Uh, since Comic-Con was this past weekend, just a few notable ones I'd like to bring up. One, it looks like they have announced this uh, sort of... Uh, actually, we'll start from the beginning. Uh, the DC, uh, they've been, as rumored, have been... Uh, it's going to come out with a streaming service. And uh, it's going to include... 
primarily all DC comic related properties like the old cartoons, the old like live action shows or movies. Uh, it's all going to be on here, which makes it. But what makes this one a little different is that it also includes a DC uh, comics subscription as well. So you can read all the backlog of DC comics and then get the new ones as well as they come in. So um, while that was announced prior before, uh, what uh, the price and um, they revealed at being $7 a month, which is actually pretty competitive. I actually thought, you know, anything above $10 would be death for them in my opinion. Yeah. But seven bucks isn't bad. It's actually, you know, cheaper than the Marvel unlimited subscription. Much is that CBS subscription? Yeah, exactly. Is, is as much as the CBS is CBS seven bucks or is no? I, I was asking you how much it is. I don't know how much it's. I CBS don't know, but I would imagine ten bucks. Yeah, probably. I would imagine. Yeah, but yeah, this is not bad. Um, it's like you know, acceptable to do like maybe a month, go through, burn through all the original content, and then just cancel or renew whenever there's something else you want to see on there. And uh, with that said, they uh, revealed uh, a live action Teen Titans um, uh, series that is going to be strictly for the streaming network. And uh, this is, I guess, one of the first and of many of original content that's going to the streaming network. It's based on the Teen Titans. Uh, looks like primarily the Dick Grayson timeline of Teen Titans. What makes this one a little uh strange and odd to me in which they went this route is that they're continuing the kind of overtly dark and edgy tone with this one and this uh, this specific show is clearly rated ma uh or rated r i guess the equivalent in terms of its violence and its language um uh it was actually quite shocking uh, have you seen the trailer by any chance no, but I hear they dropped the F-bomb and stuff like yeah. that. It's like, oh, okay. It's like, hmm, I don't ever, I've never seen them say that in the comics, but sure, why not? I guess if that's what you're going for, they're going a little bit edgier take on it. Um, I'm still cautiously, cautiously optimistic. It's a little weird to contrast as well as they have a current Teen Titans TV series that's on right now that's a cartoon animated one that's more light and... Uh, and fun in tone. So I don't know how it must be super confusing for kids that are like watching this and then they want to see the live action, which they clearly cannot because it's too violent and too, uh, too much for them. So I am cautiously optimistic. I would uh, maybe you watch the trailer and you tell me your opinions uh, of it. It's quite interesting. Um, It looks a higher production quality than let's say the CW shows. Um, But it's just the way its tone is, is done is where it's uh, it's hedging its bet on. So we'll see how that goes. But, just yeah, what do you think of the? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I don't think that's the solution here. Like, no, definitely. No one wants darker superheroes. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why DC doesn't get it, and yeah. how. And these characters aren't meant for that. <laughs> that's what's no. like. That's what's so weird. That that Beast movie that's coming out this weekend, Go Teen Titans to the movies or whatever. Actually, it looks so much fun. fun. Yeah, I really want to see that. Yeah. Maybe we can. Uh, watch that together um yeah because <laughs> that is like you know even though it's meant for kids it looks a hundred times better in terms of its tone and its uh, uh way of its characters than this new one does but who knows um what do you think of the pricing that you get the comic book subscription with it um it's a compelling package 
I don't think this is something that you make as part of your regular thing that you pay the bill on every month. Mm-hmm. I think it's like you said, which is if you got some shows you want to watch, you pay a month or two, knock them out, mm-hmm. and uh, you come back to it when there's something else you want. Yeah, sort of like HBO. I know a lot of people yeah. do that with HBO. Uh, like that's what I'm doing as well. Yeah, so you did it for Westworld and Game of Thrones, cancel it and get it back yep. for the other major things. Yeah, I agree with you. I can see it being a, a compelling thing. Or I think maybe what's uh, the, the benefit of keeping it monthly is like the, the comics stuff. So I guess like the new things that come out, um, you know, how they get the weeklies or the monthlies of the comics. Yeah. If you're like a dedicated comic reader, I guess that can be a good value as well because you're getting some live action content with it. So yeah. Um, Definitely a plus for comic book fans all around. Uh, definitely not something that is on the level of library of the other streaming networks, but a compelling uh, addition to it. So uh, pretty interesting on there. And then on my last uh, piece of Comic-Con news, which was interesting as well, is that uh, Disney is reviving uh, a last season or another season of uh, the Clone Wars um, animated series. Clone Wars was out uh, quite a while ago, a little bit after the prequels. And it was actually, uh, I honestly thought, better than the live-action prequels in terms of its overall stories. Uh, but it got canceled uh, during its Fox run. And I guess it never got a, um, I guess, a ending or conclusion. And um, it's nice to see that, uh, you know, they didn't have to, but Disney's making right with the fans or uh, its fan base in terms of that specific series to revive it, to give it a, a last season chance. It's kind of funny, though, because Rebels clearly because uh, clone wars that series is clearly canon and rebels references clone wars and continues uh clone wars uh a lot and rebels was great but i guess um there was a need just to see where certain characters were in um during the clone wars timeline or maybe how they get to the rebels timeline um which i can see why they brought it back but i am uh looking forward to this last season what about you um well i never finished the show completely and before mm-hmm. it was going to go away on netflix which i don't th- i think they brought it back is it still on there right uh great it, question. i think I it was like checked. before they made the deal with disney um it was going to go away and so there was a number of recommended episodes to watch and i started to get through them and so i was like mm-hmm. picking and choosing from the later seasons i had seen all of one and two yeah yeah did you get at least the Darth yes Lost i did and i i liked what it was doing there um, I liked it, but I didn't finish the series. You know, I felt like mm. there was so much to watch, and it's like, what's the good ones? And um, maybe just watch this last one. <laughs> yeah. So, and and for me, right now, if I'm gonna go back to something, my priority is I gotta finish up my damn Rebels CD that I have here. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> how far did you get in that? I think I'm halfway through season two, and I okay. I literally I have it sitting on my entertainment center, and I forget about it. Uh, so I gotta, <laughs> that's my priority. And then we'll get around to watching this when it comes out. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. It's not be out for a while. So, but it's nice that they're starting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and just last one for me, I had this moment, James, when I got, I reached my limit with movie pass because <laughs> I got exposed to surge pricing. I just wanted to see a movie on a Sunday midday. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not even like a Friday night. And it, was that the, the neighbor movie? You don't know. You no, neighbor? this was um, actually it didn't matter. Just it was almost anything at the theater. Yeah. <laughs> at the two theaters near me, it was everything was surge pricing. I wanted to see Ant-Man. 
uh, on uh-huh. a Sunday, like at one o'clock or something when I was looking into the app and everything was um, search time. And these prices ranged from $3 up to $6, depending on how late you went in the day. And I was like, I'm not going to pay this. And just on principle, I went to e-ticketing, but there's one in Simi Valley, which is a good close to 20 miles away. And (laughs) it is, but I was proving a point. I was proving a point. And I like the fact that I could reserve my ticket, which is not something you Uh usually can do. And so they didn't have search pricing and I went to go see my movie there. But after that, I was like, this is stupid. Like, look what I did just to prove a point, just to avoid paying the surcharge. I'm not going to do it. I don't, I don't like that concept. Mm -hmm. I don't even like it on Lyft and Uber. Um, (laughs) You got to do it anyway, though. But uh, so I was like, you know, here's my chance to kind of see what I can do on uh, Stubbs, not Stubbs, A-list, AMC Mm A-list. And so I joined this program, which is 20 bucks. You could see three movies a week. And this has now opened the door for me to see Dolby screenings, 3D screenings, mm. which I'll probably avoid 3D screenings if I'm being honest. But I can see IMAX screenings. And even though, James, there's fake IMAX in the theater right next to my house, so what? Mm-hmm. It's a bigger screen with nicer sound, and there's probably less people in there so I can have a little more kind of like theater to myself. You know what I mean? Kind the only thing with fake IMAX, though, is the aspect ratios is not the same. That's only... Thing. But it's traditional. Uh, I don't get the square, right? You don't get the the full whatever they shot it in picture. It's still gonna be cropped. Yeah, it's just like a TV. big, bigger movie screen. <laughs> no, but the movies that are filled with it, it's filled it up though. Oh, like I see. If you, so you're saying uh, it will be it will be the equivalent of black bars or something? Yeah, it's gonna be the same as you would see a regular movie then compared to yeah. an IMAX one with different aspect ratio. So are you are you thinking you may as well if you had the choice of fake IMAX or a regular theater, what would you choose? Both being equal. If it's oh if if it's a movie not shot in IMAX, it doesn't matter. Uh-huh. I would go for the fake IMAX then. But if it's one that's intentionally shot in that, I would look out for a more uh, a traditional like seventy millimeter or whatever. Uh, uh, yeah. So so that's what I'm gonna theater. do, and and I'm going to Universal. This is something that I. It's a $25 ticket. So with seeing this one movie, I'm going to mm-hmm. already be even with my monthly plan. So, nice. uh, and, and part of the biggest thing was, I, I think I was reminded of how awesome a feature it is that, like, I wanted to see Ant-Man at 4 o'clock and I booked my ticket on e-ticketing at 1 o'clock. Nice. Right? That was oh, cool. by the way, did you do the Dolby Cinema? Uh, no, no, no. So I haven't used this yet. But I'm saying okay. I, when I did the big trip to Simi Valley, that was a location that supported the <laughs> Your adventure. To see yeah, <laughs> that was the uh, theater that supported the e-ticket. And so uh-huh. I was reminded of what a convenience I've been missing out on. Right. I used to I buy see. Fandango tickets all the time because I just love the convenience of it. And you just show up. And so I'm going to have that back. And it's one of those things where it's like, OK, um, like you said, James, I get what I pay for, but I feel like I'm ready to kind of pay a little bit more for a better experience. Yeah, and up, uh, what I love, the fact that if I want to buy a ticket for a guest, I do it in the app. And I don't have yeah. to do the whole shuffling around of, okay, go to the window, hand them my credit card, hand them the movie pass credit card, you know? Right, right. So I'll report back next week 
maybe I can knock out two movies with this uh, AMC pass. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. I agree. Once a uh, movie pass with you or with me uh, ends up going under, I'm definitely gonna switch over to AMC A lists. Um, it's that you know, even though it has a little bit of drawbacks in comparison to movie pass in terms of just availability of it everywhere. Um, it's a much nicer experience and also, you know, in terms of being able to eat ticket and go to Adobe cinemas. Yeah. That's a nice benefit. And, and uh, I was hearing that the Burbank AMC has a really nice Dolby. Uh, yeah. I think they call it like prime or something. Dolby prime. I haven't been into that as of yet. That's why I was hoping yeah. you tell me on the Adobe vision movies uh, or the Adobe enhanced movies if it's better than IMAX. So there's a one claim, because remember I sent it to you, that they're saying it's better than the IMAX, uh, the IMAX shot movies. So Okay, so I, we'll I want to, I don't have a lot of faith in my theater because just like there's fake uh, IMAX at my theater, I got Dolby. a feeling that it's fake Dolby. I'll tell you why. Because this theater is an old theater and that mall is kind of like in the process of like, Maybe they're not going to knock it down. It's the, the theater is the only thing standing. It has traditional uh-huh. seats, whereas a lot of these new places have the little recliners. Yeah. yeah. And so I got a few, I don't think they've invested. And, and, you know, when you walk in the Burbank one, you can see that it looks different. Like the theater yeah. looks different. Yeah, the entrance is different. I don't think there's one okay. of those in there. So I'm going to try to do it so I can do a, a proper comparison. Right now they're showing the equalizer, uh-huh. which I haven't heard uh, good, good things about. Well, why not? It's part of your past. Just do it. I I might though. So we'll see. <laughs> Are you talking about in terms of uh, comparing the Dolby cinemas? No, just or overall, IMAX it's Dolby? not a. Oh well, both. I want to compare both. Yeah, that's true. So okay. maybe you got me sold. I'll go with you to the Dolby Cinema right here at Burbank if you're down to come down here. And by the way, they're saying it, it's a nice one. Yeah, and by the way, where'd you hear that? Though? Uh, I think Jeff Kanata might have mentioned it on the Slash Filmcast. Uh, um, okay, okay. And uh, if you buy a ticket and then that same day or whatever feel like you want to get A-list, you can sort of have it retroactively. Go into A-list. Yeah, yeah. How does that work then? So, uh, what? I'm not but sure. But if I buy from Fandango and Atomic, that's no, part not of not on Fandango. I think it would be like at the theater. Um, that's what I'm just going by what they were saying on the Slash Filmcast. They were, they were almost, they were almost like saying that they should be sponsored by it because they were hyping it up so much. But they all got AMC Because I yeah, know they were on Movie Pass. They all got it except for the girl. Okay. okay. I kind of like. Well, we'll talk about that after. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, definitely intrigued now that I have a companion. That well, you're my bro companion. <laughs> <laughs> well, can, uh, we can do that together with them. So we'll see. Um, yeah. Because I, I do, because the only reason why that's holding on, they, they, you know, not only because it's not dead, is because I, I tend to go to a theater near work that is not an AMC with a group of people uh, uh, every other Tuesday or so, maybe a couple of Tuesdays uh, to watch a movie there that I don't have to pay for. So that's my only thing that's holding me on. Um, outside of I, what I would anywhere. say to you is, there's a couple of AMCs in the marina, and including one that's one of those dine-in ones that supposedly serve you food. I, yeah, but do they do like kind of like those Tuesday cheap ticket things too? That you'd have to look into, but uh, you could yeah. definitely use your AMC pass, and it's even closer to your job. 
true. Wait, AMC? Yeah, the the Marina, the Marina Del Rey ones. Uh, I've never seen. You that. never yeah. seen those? Yeah, there's two of them in there. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe we'll check it out. Uh, I'll let you know if I end up uh, whenever I do end up doing that. But yeah, you re- let's report back uh, whenever you check out the Dolby Cinema. Yep, and so I will compare if it's fake Dolby and then try the Dolby in uh, Burbank and see how that how that. Yep, rolls. I, I want to do I want to do it all and. Uh, Apparently the week starts on a Thursday. So mm-hmm. you got to like, if you are pretty busy during the weekend, you got to wait until the following Thursday. You know what I mean? I see if you watch all. Cause you get your three, three per week. Yeah. I see. Um, okay. But so like if I were to watch the weekend movie and then a the Tuesday movie and then a Thursday movie, it would reset for on Friday. I don't, I got to double check if Thursdays when it resets, so maybe Wednesday it wouldn't count, but can you reserve in advance? Yes. Like for right now, can you reserve IMAX ahead of before movies out? Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Given the fact that I don't know because of the timing of the week, let let me if we can do this while we're recording here, I can go live into the app here. This is exciting radio, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you know if if you don't hear from me talking uh, while you're doing that. Uh huh. Uh, that means I lost you, but I can hear you still. Okay, so right yes, I'm in the app right now. See a movie, oh, nice. and it says coming soon, Mission Impossible. And I'm going to choose my location. Um, there's my fake IMAX theater, but I'm not going to that one. Let's see here. So let's say I wanted to. Uh, Universal. Yeah, Universal IMAX. So I guess this is a Friday ticket. Can you do Thursday? The Thursday first showing? Yeah, let me change the date. Let you you were asking me if I could do Sunday. No, uh, the, the the first showing like Thursday seven o'clock. What, the, what number day is that? Oh, the twenty sixth. Twenty sixth. Yes. Yeah, that's that's coming up right now. That's what I'm looking at, and uh, I see a seven p.m. showing and or ten thirty. Let's. I'm gonna press this. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, man. Uh, now there's not a lot of seats left that are good, but I can get a ticket right now, dude. Nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty rad. So that's pretty yeah, cool. That be a, that's a cool thing to have. Uh, possibly that will help me switch over, but yep. we'll see. I'll hold on to it. But yeah, report back uh, on your experience uh, once you you use your first movie. Will do. Will do. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll watch some more down the line. So we'll see. All right. Well, James, I think that's going to do it for us. Mm. And uh, if you want to give us some feedback, welcome us back to recording the show again. You can do that at easyoperationsqa at gmail.com or go to our website, which is uh, easy operations. So it's easy dash operations.com. That's correct. And um, if I can do a live check of the easy operations mailbox here. Okay, no, uh, <laughs> no, no I'm mail, surprised. but uh, you can be the first and whoever's yeah. uh, listening right now still. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Have a good night, Ron. Okay, Sorry. good night, James. Being back. Yep. <laughs>